As anyone who has ever been around a cat for any length of time well knows, cats have enormous patience with the limitations of the humankind. Hello and welcome to episode 546 of Under the Cull of MS. This is a Tuesday Comics episode. That was a little quote from Cleveland Amory. Also, another one I thought about saying was, in ancient times, cats were worshipped as gods. They have not forgotten this. A little quote from Terry Pratchett. But, uh, I'm dealing with mine right now. He just had a... He was upstairs sleeping on his chair. I thought it would be perfect. Time to get some podcasting done, get caught up. And, of course, he gets woken and sent down here. Now he's irritating, pushing against the microphone. He's like, shut up, quit talking, just pet me, hold me, take care of me. Damn cats. (laughs) They're evil. All right. Let's see, what has the week had to offer us so far? On Hulu TV, or Hulu app, or whatever you want to call it, we uh, checked out Assassination Classroom. <laughs> if you want an interesting little manga-type series that you want to check out, animated series, it's kind of a giant smiley face-type character with uh, tentacle arms. And legs that basically blew up part of our moon and then warned us that in one year they're going to blow up the earth. But the character that caused the events wanted to be a teacher for a year. So they set him up with a program where he gets to teach students or it gets to teach students. And while they're learning, they also get the opportunity to try and kill the teacher. (laughs) So they're constantly trying to assassinate the teacher, but the character's got like super speed and all these other abilities and can like fly to another country within a matter of minutes, get himself some lunch during his teaching lunch break or something like that go run off to tokyo japan and just get himself something special to eat or go to germany or somewhere somewhere that has some type of food that he's craving or it's craving but yeah it's a fun animated manga style story about kids trying to kill their teacher while the teacher's going to destroy our planet and already destroyed our moon. Uh, It's just, yeah. It's quite the interesting show. I think I'm about three quarters of the way through it. I think it only has one season. Might be two, but I'm pretty sure it's only one. Definitely fun and interesting if you want to check something like that out. Uh, 
I got a little gripe about comics at the moment. Because I have been reading a lot of comics, as you can attest that by listening to my podcast episodes, I've been reading a ton of stuff recently. And almost every issue, every comic I read has either spelling mistakes, punctuation mistakes, penmanship, just flow, uh... It just, I'm constantly finding something wrong done by the writing. And I'm like, you can proofread your own stuff within a matter of minutes. 10, 15 minutes tops. You can easily go back through your comic after you write it and look for any issues. Or have an editor that does that for you. And I will gladly edit any comic. Just send me the comic ahead of time. I'll proof it and let you know as far as layout or penmanship or punctuation or who knows what. But it's been terrible lately. I just cannot believe how many comics are hat. I'd say probably three quarters of the comics I've read recently had some type of mistake in them and that's pathetic i mean you're the price you're paying for these things i mean if you get spawn comics or scooby-doo or they had the recent one uh is a dark it's that vampire or nightclub, I think it was called. That was one they put out cheap, but it's like when you look at the Spawn comics, they're well priced. They're and you can pre-order them for under like a buck eighty-five a piece, I think, or something like that. But under two bucks, and they're ad-free. You don't have, you're not turning every couple pages, finding a page or two of advertisements, fill in your comic. And wasting your space. So Spawn's putting out the Spawn run, the Scorched run, uh, Gunslinger Spawn, King Spawn. I mean, there's a good variety of different runs out there right now. And they're all priced nicely, reasonable, and they don't have a bunch of advertisements in them. Then you buy a five, six four or five six dollar comic and half the comic is advertisements and i've been really frustrated lately when you get these family-friendly comics and they got adult advertisements in them why why isn't someone regulating that it makes no sense but yeah it's like Pick up a, a Spawn or a Scooby-Doo or a Nightclub or those comics that are under two bucks that are a great value and well done and don't have that many issues. Then I pick up a $5 comic and I see misspelling, misprint, uh, artwork where characters all look like they're the same person just a 
different colored hair or something like that or a different outfit. The guys all look like the same guy. The girls all look like the same girl. They all have those facial structures the same and stuff. Uh, Creature-wise, you're seeing things that are just a little goofy and just... And granted, they're creatures, so you can make them however you want. But, yeah, it's just... It's sad when you're seeing people that are putting out so much product that they aren't paying attention to what's going out there. And then I'm seeing it in people that are only putting out a single or one to three issue product. And they they got stuff that I just, really, I don't understand why I'm reading this. And then I'm seeing all these issues with it. It's like, why? It can't take that much to reread your comic or relook at it after you're done doing it. Just go through and double check things i mean art wise you don't even have to be that great of an artist anymore to do art i mean they have all the, the digital platforms so you draw stuff up and then you zoom in and you fix all your little tiny mistakes and it's just it's so much easier nowadays to pretend to be an artist i guess in my opinion i just i'm an old school pencil and paper kind of guy I want to see it actually worked out. I like uh, people that are using brushwork now. I picked up some brushes recently and started playing around with, well, not brushes, brush pens. And only downfall was I got a pack of variety of colors and stuff. It was only five bucks, but I did one picture and I already burned up one of the pens the ink in it so that was pretty bad because it wasn't that big of a picture uh but yeah using the digital format and all the ai stuff and everything that's coming out people copy and paste things into their pictures and stuff it's like you're not putting the effort anymore but that's fine if you're gonna do it that way but i don't want to see mistakes then and i'm still seeing them and that's just wrong i mean it's so got so much more so much more uh life put into it when it's done manually in my opinion but the digital world is taking over and everything i mean we're at a point where video games were at their prime they were just starting to realize okay we can do this now with video games so we got this idea for all these different games and all of a sudden those games never came out because products got bigger better uh, the digital stuff got the vision visual stuff got better so they they're like oh screw it we're gonna advance our game to this next platform and the next platform and they just kept pushing for more and more new platforms new systems better graphics better everything which yeah i know that's what we want we want to get advanced as far as we can but we're not taking advantage of the stuff when it comes out every every time we came out with a new series of games we should have gave that platform style at least a couple of years for companies to put out products on those platforms and then advance up a step and then 
go to the next system maybe every 10 years instead of a new system every three to five years. It's like we're just filling landfills as fast as we can, trying to advance as fast as we can without really knowing what happened with technology at each level. And that's how we end up getting killed by AI in the long run. But yeah, that was just my rant today. I'm just saying, go out there, look at some of those comics, those $2 comics and compare them yourself to a four or five, $6 comic. And let me know what you think. I just have been really disappointed in the past month with what they've been putting out and what I've been seeing in all these. And it granted I'm reading old stuff and new stuff. So it's, it's not just new stuff. That's I'm seeing this. And this is, this has been going on for a while, but I can't believe no one's really pointed it out or complained about it. And they have no problem putting out a ton of things. But, uh, quality versus quantity can be a be a big factor sometimes. All right, let's get to the comics. We got Army of Darkness, Convention Invasion. Ash Williams has been hell been to hell and back. Lost the woman he loved and battled his evil clone. But despite all these trials, nothing can prepare him for the terror of the Comic-Con. When a cosplay sorcerer takes his role-playing a little too far, Ash has to team up with a trio of comic readers to save the con and New York City from a deadite invasion. This is by Dynamite Comics. Yeah, Michael Morrissey did the writing. Brent Peoples did the art. Colors by Alex Guimarez. Letters by Marshall Dillon. And cover. this cover is by Robert Hack. This was fun. Just seeing Ash dealing with some skeletal problems to start. And then coming across some characters that hunted him down. And said, hey, we need help. Someone's messed with the Necronomicon. Something's going on, and so they take Ash to a Comic-Con, and they try and battle their way through this, and it's just a lot of fun, as Ash always is, dealing with all these characters and deadites and all that stuff, and it's just, I loved it. We just, in the past two weeks, we went through a lot of Army of Darkness Ash, Evil Dead related comics, and they've all been wonderful. Don't recall having too many problems with that. Their artwork or writing, and they're put they put out quite a few over a very short period of time. Different versions of Evil Dead related comics to read and runs, one shots and short runs. And next up, we got Chopping Block. This is number two from Keen Spot Entertainment. 
Uh, script is by Ryan Hone and Lee Adam Harold. Illustrations by Lee, De- Lee Adam Harold. And Chopping Block was created by Lee Adam Harold. Finally, after millennia of hurdling through infinite blackness, I, Hex of Gavaltis, Herald of Festering Blight God Nirella, Nurr, Nirath, Nirath, Nirathal, <laughs> damn it, him, I have returned. <laughs> or just damn it, him. Instead of trying to say that whole name, just call him him. I have returned. Now, to go forth inflicting horror and despair upon this world, so to ready them for he who is to come. Uh, our little Michael Myers, uh, Jason, uh, Psycho crossover character. Happens to have a new little eyeball, kind of Cthulhu entity that's attached to his chest now. After some kids did some seance stuff and he got caught up in it. And we just get to see what happens when his mother, who happens to be a dead body, understands what the demon is and what the relationship is to the demon. And we get to see how they, our character deals with it while the kids also connect with our character and realize that he's got their entity attached to him. And it's just, this has been a fun run. Keen Spot's done wonderful with all these little goofy Goofy character runs, but yeah. Chopping block number two. Check it out. It was fun. If you like those 80s horror characters and stuff. With a fun, goofy storyline. That would be for you. Next up, we got Disney's Darkwing Duck. Number two from Dynamite Comics. This is script is by Amanda Diebert. Letters by Jeff Eckleberry, Art and Color by Carlo Loaro. In this one, the silly but scary Quacker Jack is back. Will Darkwing Duck hang up his cape and retire from being a hero? Quacker Jack, nefarious mirror duel, and bane of Darkwing Duck's existence with his cadre of silly yet dangerous but mostly silly toy weapons, Q-Jack, as the kids call him, aims to regain or reign terror upon the citizens of St. Canard. Normally D-Wing, as no one calls him, is great at focusing on fending off the criminal element, but at the moment, He's particularly overprotective of his daughter, Goslin. So overprotective, in fact, that he's considering retiring from being a superhero. Yeah, Darkwing Duck deals with some stuff, tries to send Goslin home, and of course she keeps popping up. 
because she can't behave and do what she's told. And so Darkwing has to worry about her while he's trying to worry about everything else. So he decides, well, maybe it's time to hang up the, the cape and just give it a break. And at the same time, we got uh, oh, what's his little sidekick buddy that works with him? The the flying duck. Uh I got so many stupid names in my head, like McQuack. <laughs> Uh, but I know that's not it, and I know the character, but for some reason, my brain is just not allowing me to come up with his name, but yeah, he's the one that flies the plane and does all, helps out with Darkwing and everything, but he's like, well, what's up with me? If you're going to quit, what am I going to do? So... Yeah, see what Darkwing's going to do, if he's going to end up hanging up the cape and give it a break, or if he's going to solve this crime and get through it with or without Goslin's help. And <laughs> Why am I not able to think of his name? Uh, but yeah, it, it's just, it's been a fun run. I like where it's going, but I think I'm jumping off, but I think I did stop it. Uh, I was just going to let it build up, see how far it went, and then go from there. can always pick up back issues or get the trade down the road, but I had definitely enjoyed the Disney series that came out with Gargoyles and Darkwing Duck, but now I see they're coming out with more and more characters. They're doing different series for, so I think Disney's just going to dive bomb the whole comic industry with all those. And again, this is where you get to the overproduction of having like 20 different covers for each issue that comes out and stuff like that. It just gets a little bit out of hand. Again, put out a good product. Focus on a couple covers and just go with it. But no, they're just going to dive bomb the whole carpet bomb, the whole area. I think we're going right, I still say, we're going right back into the mid-90s where we had a big collapse because they overdid everything. Every comic had to have an A to Z cover and they had to pump out every type of run that they could think of when they came across something and everybody had a parody off everybody else's and it just got way out of hand and it ended up ruining the industry in the 90s for a little while and the mass production just got so bad that people were just putting out way too much crap way too fast not paying attention to what they were putting out and it ruined things. Uh, so they're doing right now in, I believe, both the comic industry and the film industry. And we're putting, a, we're promising so many different movies, and then we're hearing, well, this one got canceled, this one's delayed, this one's pushed back, 
this one's getting changed to this. This one didn't go good with the prequel in theaters. So now we don't know if we're going to pull off and do a second one here. And theater industry took a big hit because of COVID. It still hasn't recovered. I mean, that in the past couple of years since I've been back watching, going to theaters and seeing movies, the only two times I seen a large amount of characters was when Puss in Boots new movie came out. They had the theater rented out for a couple viewings and one of the viewings I seen kids going into, there were quite a few going into it. And then the other one was 80 for Brady. I'd never seen so many people over 60 years of age at the movie theaters and that thing was packed. While all the other ones that, while the one movies we went to only had about six other people in them in the theater. But yeah, so I don't know. I don't know how movies can make it in theaters nowadays or if they're going to recover, but we will just have to keep an eye out and see. Next thing up, everything sucks. All cats go to hell. One shot. This is written by Michael Sweater and art by Michael Sweater. Looks like Silver Sprocket put this out. But everyone loves cats, but Noah knows the truth. They're maliciously smart can't be trusted, and may actually understand how deadbolts work. Honestly, he really shouldn't be left alone with them. This Everything Sucks comic can be read as a standalone and includes a foil card, cardstock cover and a sticker sheet. Yeah, the sticker sheet's fun in the back of this. Uh, my wife wanted some of the stickers, but I didn't want to rip it out, <laughs> so... She shit out of luck on that. But our character has a cat of his own and he's trying to work on making some some sandwiches while a cat outside's messing with him and he's like, screw this, goes outside to yell at the cat, scare the cat away and there's a bunch of other cats out on his porch. Finds out that neighbor ladies feeding feral cats and they're just breeding like crazy. And Molly's outside yelling at the cat. Cat, some other cats go in his house and lock him out of his house while his oven's still on. And all kinds of things happen that you can imagine. And it was a fun, fun story about a bunch of evil cats. <laughs> And characters stuck dealing with them. But yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, I think that might be the third Everything Sucks book that's been out so far. Second or third one. I know there's another one coming out that I don't think I jumped on. But yeah, these are have been interesting. And I will keep checking them out. If they keep putting them out. But yeah, it's, everything sucks. All cats go to hell. It's the number one one-shot that you can check out. 
And then the last one we're going to talk about today is Flesh Eating Cheerleaders from Outer Space, number five. This is done by After Dark Studios and art by Felipe, Philippe Abando. Story and script by James Muscaya. Colors by Beryl Vargas. Lettering by Vincent Smith. This is an interesting story run of cheerleaders that get taken over by alien slugs that only can take over female bodies, apparently. But when a meteor crashes in the middle of campus, the students at Pullman University university don't realize they're being invaded by a cadre of body snatching aliens but when a group of cheerleaders are the first to stumble upon the wreckage they're transformed from normal students into flesh-eating cannibals and soon the problem isn't going to be the creatures it's going to be the monsters that these cheerleaders become hearkening back to the classic horror b movies from the 1960s 70s and 80s flesh cheerleaders will set your hair on end with its horrifying action and its cannibalistic co-eds. It's been a fun, interesting run. They're taking over the whole campus, and these slug creatures are just taking over all the females. They got all kinds of little ones looking for hosts, and it's going to be a nightmare eventually if someone doesn't get a flamethrower out and torch these little nasty things, but I'm out of time, so be good to yourself. Good to everybody else. Kick the shit out of the monster. Keep following Under the Call of MS, Crimson Call of Comic Club, Under the Call. We'll be back soon. Bye.